Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, and this is the Italian American Stories Podcast. I want to start by just offering a quick apology. It's been a little while since I put out an episode. My husband and I, we moved from the eastern side of Colorado all the way to the west side of Colorado, and it was a lot. It took us four moves, but we're excited because we're back home. Um, We both were born and raised in Grand Junction, Colorado, so we're, we're home with our family and our friends, and it's been great. It has been a little bit of an adjustment though. Um, We had a farm property out there. It was a great place to live, but none of our family was there. But now we're back in more of a urban setting. So have to get used to the noise and figure out where to podcast so there's not any car noises. And my dogs too, they grew up out there in the country and so they bark at everything. But regardless though, I am ready to jump back into this and start getting these episodes out. So in honor of Grand Junction, Colorado, today's story actually takes place in Grand Junction. We're talking about Nunzio Grasso today, who came to Grand Junction, Colorado from Italy, and he became a well-known and sought-after skilled stones mason. Nunzio was born on March 25, 1870 in Molise, Italy. He came to America when he was 11 years old, and he lived with his uncle in Altona, Pennsylvania. Later in his life, he told his grandson, Al, that, quote, the first order of business when he came to America was to learn to read and write English so that no one could fool him. Nunzio didn't stay in the U.S. for very long, though. He stayed for a couple of years, but he returned to Italy for actually quite a few more years before returning to the U.S. I don't know if he just went to school in the U.S. and lived with his uncle during that time. I did see in one newspaper article that he learned how to be a stonemason while, vis- while living in the East, so it's hard to say. While in Italy, Nunzio married his first wife, Conchetta Spallone. They had one daughter, Nina, in Italy together, and when they moved back to America, they had a son, Vincent. Like I said before, Nunzio's trait was that of a stonemason, and due to a contract he received, the family returned to the U.S. in 1901. The project was located in Grand Junction, Colorado, and he was to build the Sheeswall building in the downtown area of Grand Junction. Jacob Sheeswall was the man who contracted Nunzio. Jacob moved to the Grand Junction area to get into the farming and agricultural industry. But after a few tough years and due to his health, he sold his farm and decided to get into the real estate and insurance business instead. And his business picked up pretty quickly, and he realized he would need a larger space to work. Grand Junction, also known as the Grand Valley, was experiencing a boom due to the due to the agricultural industry. And since Jacob was previously a farmer, he was able to relate to the farmers and stayed busy selling insurance and property to the local farmers. So Nunzio and Louis Spallone, probably one of Conchetta's relatives, started to work on the building in the early 1900s. In the contract, Nunzio and Louis were to, quote, furnish materials for and do all the work and to construct walls, footing, foundation, and concrete flooring, excavate the ground for such construction, and remove dirt excavated at their expense and construct steps, sidewalks, and gutters for the building. Jacob's payment agreement with Nunzio and Lewis reflected a time when bartering was sometimes used as a form of payment. It was kind of a popular form of payment in that time. And now Nunzio and Lewis, they did receive a cash payment for some of their work. They received $640 and half of that was to be paid to them when the excavation and foundation were finished. And they would receive the other half when the basement and basement floors were completed. But once the project was complete, Nunzio and Lewis received a black driving horse named Bud, a warranty deed for 10 acres of land, and eight shares of Grand Valley irrigation stock. Which, I don't know, I mean, that's kind of cool in a way. I get that, you know, 
cash and money runs everything, but 10 acres of land, you could do a lot with 10 acres of land. And if you hold on to that for a few years, of course, the price is going to go up. And considering that the Grand Valley was going through an agricultural boom at that time, Nunzio and Lewis could probably turn around and sell that property for a high value. And then the stocks of irrigation. Um, so the Grand Valley has canals to help um, to help the farmers water their crops, which still happens today. And of course, now a lot of residents use that water as well to water their yards. But I bet that just continued to rise in value. So between the acres of land and the irrigation stock, if they held onto those and sold those at a later time, they probably made more money than they would have if they would have just been paid completely in cash. But the two men completed the building in 1908. The Sheaswell building was the first of many projects Nunzio would complete in the Grand Valley, and he really became sought after for his stonework. During this time, when they were building the Sheaswell building, Conchetta became ill and wanted to go back to Italy. I think she knew that she was going to pass away and just wanted to go back to what was her home. I mean, she spent most of her life in Italy, and that was where a lot of her family was. So Nunzio took her back to their village, and she ended up passing away in 1907. Interestingly, though, while Conchetta was on her deathbed, she made Nunzio promise her that he would marry her sister, Annunziata. I hope I pronounced that right. That was a tricky one. I looked it up, and hopefully I said that right. (laughs) But anyways, in 1908, Nunzio and Annunziata were married in Colorado. And at that time, Nunzio, he was 38, and she was only 17. So after Conchetta's death, Nunzio took Annunziata back to America, and they went on to have four children together. Luke, who actually went by Michael, which was his middle name, Louis, Matilda, and Edith. Nunzio and his family, they actually never lived in the Grand Junction's Little Italy. Instead, he built his own home a few miles away from the Little Italy. Now, Nunzio probably most likely chose to live where he did because the house was on the same route as the Little Book Cliff Railroad. And this was convenient for Nunzio because the stone that he would use for his building projects would be brought down from the Book Cliffs, which is a mountain range here in Grand Junction, by trains and then was unloaded right in front of Nunzio's house. So that was pretty convenient because that was his career and having the stone dropped off right there, you can't really beat that. And once the stone was delivered, Nunzio and his family would deliver the stone to the worksite. For a while, they delivered the stone by horse and wagon, but later on, Nunzio purchased a Model T, and that's how they would deliver the stone. I can't imagine how heavy that stone was. Probably They were probably pretty good-sized boulders, and lifting them into a wagon or a Model T, talk about a workout. Nunzio and Annunziata, they were married for 20 years before they divorced in 1928. After their divorce, Nunzio sold the house that he built, uh, the one where the stone was delivered, and he moved to a larger house that was closer to the downtown area. And he built a stone fence all the way around this house, and he actually covered the garage with stone. So both the house and the garage were already there, but he added his own touch to it. And Nunzio eventually built another home where he lived and his grandson was raised. Annunziata, she went on to marry another prominent Italian owner in the area, Carl Stranges. And I I don't know about his last name. I feel like it's been Americanized. I'm going to have to do a little bit of research on him. I plan on doing an episode on him and try to figure out if that's his right last name or what happened maybe when he came over to America. But anyways, he owned one of the Italian grocery stores in Grand Junction. And apparently right before Carl and Annunziata married, Carl drove up to Vell, Colorado, which is where Nunzio was working on a project at that time, to let him know that he was marrying Annunziata. And he wasn't really asking permission, but he just felt like he needed to let Nunzio know so that when he came back, he wasn't shocked that his ex-wife was married to Carl. (laughs) Even though Nunzio never lived in Little Italy, he spent a lot of time there. 
His grandson, Al, and him would walk there every Saturday to grocery shop at Longo's Grocery Store. I think it's kind of funny that he only shopped at Longo's Grocery Store and not at Carl's Grocery Store. Probably a little awkward if he went in there and ran into his (laughs) ex-wife, but... Anyways, then on Sundays, they would go back to the store to play boche ball and drink wine with the other men in Little Italy. And Nunzio, he also attended church there in Little Italy, which was actually held in the home, the basement of his daughter Nina's house. At that time, there was really only one Catholic church in the area, which was St. Joseph's, and the Irish went there. The Italians, they believed that the Irish didn't trust them or want them at the church, So, like I said before, they would just have mass in Little Italy, and that was held in the basement of Nina's house. And, of course, this was a common thing with Italians across America at that time. They just weren't welcome as they are now in churches. So a lot of church services and mass were held in in their own neighborhoods. But Nunzio, he completed a lot of construction jobs in the Grand Junction area. And eventually, Nunzio's three sons, Vincent, Mike, and Louis, they ended up working with their father. Together, they built a few prominent buildings in the area. They built the Sacred Heart Catholic Church, which is in Fruta, Colorado. That's just a town right outside of Grand Junction. The Caretaker's House and the Golf Club House at Lincoln Park. The retaining walls for the Million Dollar Highway, which is a scary highway to drive on. Uh, They also built gates for the local municipal Masonic and Calvary buildings. They also built the school for St. Joseph's, but it actually ended up burning down, so it's been rebuilt. Uh, They also did gates for multiple cemeteries and a country club in the Redlands, and he built the Strange's Grocery Store. So the Strange's Grocery Store was owned by Carl Strange's, the man who married Nunzio's ex-wife. And the grocery store, which still stands today, it's two stories and has the word grocery painted on the side. And you can still see the word grocery today. And there was a blue and white canopy that came down over the front door and the front windows. And it's still there. It's shredded to pieces, of course, but it's kind of cool because you can still see it. And Nunzio, he actually built the store in 1909 with stones from the book cliff. This store, however, it has been vacant since the 1960s, but it was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1913. But a couple years ago, a local couple, they bought the building for $500,000 and they're working on renovating the building right now. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I've heard that they might make the the upper, the second story apartment buildings and more of a storefront down below, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. And he also built brick ovens in the backyards, um, in the backyards of local Italians so that they could bake bread in mass amounts for each other. Another cool structure that he um, was contracted to build was called the Driggs Mansion. And in 1915, he was contracted by a New York attorney, Lawrence Driggs. And Lawrence wanted this home built in the Unaweep Canyon. And this canyon is just a little ways outside of Grand Junction. Apparently, Lawrence had visited a couple of times and he fell in love with the canyon and wanted a summer home there. But his wife, she hated the West and refused to visit the house. Like I said, Unaweep Canyon is pretty close to Grand Junction. It's about 30 miles away. So Nunzio and the workers, they would actually stay at the work site in tents during the weekdays. And Nunzio's oldest daughter, she would go with them to cook for everybody. And sometimes his other daughter would come as well, but mainly Nina. The home that he built, like I said, it became known as the Driggs Mansion. But in reality, it was just a one-story home. It was only about 1,200 square feet. So I don't know why a mansion, but I guess maybe it was a big home there. I don't know. And they said that it resembled an Italian farmhouse. And it had a beautiful archway entrance. 
which a lot of Nunzio's buildings, they have this archway as the entrance. Um, I went and I took photos with my mom of a lot of these buildings and every one of them almost has an archway unless of course it's been, you know, restructured, but it's kind of his thing. It's like his mark that he leaves on all of his homes that he builds. And Driggs, unfortunately, he barely occupied the home and ended up selling it in 1923. I'm sure his wife refusing to go there had something to do with that. The house, it eventually just fell into disrepair. It's in the middle of a canyon. It's hard to get to during that time, I'm sure. And now there's hardly anything left of the house. Basically, all that's left is the arched entryway. Um, One of the owners later on had to actually take the roof off so that squatters would stop staying in it. And it is now a historical landmark. Hopefully they can, you know, preserve at least what's left. You know, they probably won't rebuild anything, but at least preserve what's there. And I'll post uh, some pictures of that on the Instagram page. And I'll actually post pictures of all the stuff that we took on the Instagram page. Um, And in 1944, Nunzio, he undertook his final project, which was rebuilding the gatehouse of Redstone Castle. So this gatehouse, it was located in another county. It was located in Pitkin County, which is about two hours away from Grand Junction. You can still visit the Redstone Castle in Pitkin County today. It's really pretty. But They wanted to have this house relocated, this gatehouse relocated to Grand Junction. The gatehouse's exterior, it was built from stones. So Nunzio and his two sons, Louis and Vincent, had the house disassembled by a company. And then the company, as they were disassembling the stones, would number each stone. And that way they could, they knew how to, they knew the order that the stones needed to go to rebuild the home. So the stones were hauled to Grand Junction and Nunzio and his sons began rebuilding the home. At this time, Nunzio, he was 75 years old. So, you know, it was, he was kind of done with this work, probably ready to retire. Um, But he actually rebuilt the whole entire fireplace by himself, which is pretty impressive. After his retirement, his sons, Louis and Mike, and his grandsons, Louis Jr. and Albert, they continued on with the stonemason business. And together they built the Visitor Center on Colorado National Monument. Louis Jr., who was Nunzio's grandson, went on to pursue a career, though, in education. And he was a school counselor at Grand Junction High School then went on to be the principal there, but he eventually went all the way to the top and became the superintendent of the school district. In 1952, Nunzio, he passed away at the age of 82 at St. Mary's Hospital. He had been ill for about four months and spent the last two months of his life in the hospital. Honestly, I couldn't find much on Nunzio's life after he retired, after they finished the gatehouse. But I hope he had a relaxing retirement and was able to spend time with his kids and grandkids. He worked so hard his whole life and like hard work, lifting stones and working with those stones. I can't even imagine how tired he was at the end of every day. Like I said earlier, my mom and I, we went around the Grand Valley taking photos of all the buildings. It was a fun way to spend the afternoon. And surprisingly, we both learned something about the town we've lived in forever. And I'll post all of those pictures to the Instagram page. One thing that was interesting and honestly strange and frustrating was on two of the buildings, there were plaques explaining the age of the building, its significance, and the architectures and builders. And these plaques, they were on the Lincoln Park Clubhouse and the Shizual building. But Nunzio was not listed on either of these plaques, which blows me away. The exterior of the building, basically what makes the building stand out, that was Nunzio's stonework. I just, I don't understand why his name isn't on that. Because if you Google Nunzio or you Google the buildings that he built, his name pops up on everything. So I don't know why his name's not listed on the plaques. And it actually reminds me of the Italian sculptor Luigi Del Bianco, who worked on Mount Rushmore. And he wasn't recognized for his work either until 
2016, which was 75 years later. The Italian American podcast, which I highly recommend everybody listen to, actually has quite a few episodes on this Mount Rushmore deal. It's pretty early on. One of I mean, he was recognized in 2016, so 2016, 2017. But uh, it's really fascinating episodes, and it kind of goes through his whole life, and then you know the process of getting his his name on probably plaques and getting him recognized. So check those episodes out. So I guess I'll have to see what I can do about this because I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But that is the story of Nunzio Grasso, the Italian stonemason. And I hope you enjoyed listening to his story. And I hope you come back to listen to more stories about Italian Americans. See you next time.